Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 206 of Getting It Out Podcast, a very special episode, in fact. Not only is it special because you just got to hear a six and a half minute long cover of ACDC's Shoot to Thrill by Howling Giant featuring the great Udo Durkenschneider of Accept. Of course, we know his solo records too, but we like to know him as the uh, Restless and Wild, Fast as a Shark, Balls to the Wall, you know that guy, Udo Durkenschneider, also known as UDO. You pick which version you want to like, I'm, but I want to focus on Howling Giant, the band behind the man in this song. Nobody on earth does a better cover song than Howling Giant. You could hear it on their uh, Alice in Chains cover of Rooster. Amazing. Best song of whatever year it came out. That's how good it is. Um, there's the uh, tracks they did for the Black Sabbath. They, all these things are on Magnetic Eye Records uh, Redux albums. You can check them out. They also did the Godzilla uh, Blue Oyster, from Blue Oyster Call. On a, on a recent release. Uh, they just they do a great job. Great guys. And they also are somewhat relevant to this episode. Because when I called them to do an interview for uh, for Getting It Out podcast some years back, you know what their area code was? 717. Despite being in Tennessee, they have a 717 area code. I'm not sure. I don't exactly remember what their ties are to the area, but that's uh, pertinent to episode 206. Because MC Heiser is back. From Old Tigers and Skid Row Garage. You might remember the last time I had him on. We were talking about the demise of Skid Row Garage. It was very fresh. It had happened a day before. But now he's back. And I can't tell you why yet. Because I don't know yet. He said, hey, we need to do a podcast. And I said, say no more. And that's where we left it. I don't want to step on the conversation. I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know what he's going to tell me on this episode of Getting It Out Podcast with MC Heiser of Skid Row Garage and Old Tigers. You're going to hear that as fresh and as new as I did, except for there'll probably be a few hours between it. But you know what I'm saying, right? I'm going to hear it the same way you did. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm just like you, you common folk. You and I, we're exactly the same. Give me your money. Okay, let's get going. What's good, all you bitches and bitches? It's the illustrious hot dog back at it again with another podcast intro. He said, Oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the Getting It Out podcast? He said, Oh, shit, I gotta write a rap first, don't I? He said, No, you don't gotta write a rap first. It's a hardcore podcast. He said, All right, I think I can maybe make that happen. Let's see what we can do. Kick it. Make family out of friends, make friends out of enemies Peace to my family, make friends till they bury me All the places we've been, we're never sitting it out We be getting it in, where you getting it out? I said all the places we've been, we're never sitting it out We be getting it in, where you getting it out? How have you been since the last time I talked to you? The last time I talked to you was the day after. The last time I really talked to you was the day after the uh, the garage got shut down. Um, I've been a lot of different degrees of good. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was really bad that day, obviously. I, if anybody listened to that episode, I think that I said multiple times that I was extremely hungover from a night of sad drinking, <laughs> um, which involved a lot of rumplemans and expensive beers that I didn't regret drinking but like when i didn't have them a week later i was kind of upset with myself but whatever yeah, well i'm gonna i'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna go off track right away here because i, I want to hear your you drink expensive beers too what's your what how do you how do you drink them like because like i got one here that's not totally expensive but it's a it's a decent beer 
It's eight and a half percent. I'm not going to drink six of these. You know what I mean? No, no. Like, <laughs> unless you're sad drinking, then you might. <laughs> no, right. So like, so my thing is like, I'm going two, maybe three of these, but I'll keep other stuff around that's lower. That's yeah. that's you know we could call supplementals, right? Is, what's, what's, what's your policy? How do you work that? Um, I always have Miller Lite on hand. Yeah. Or high life. They're there's one. In, there's one in my fridge. It's been there for months. But yeah. they're my. They're my like. Uh, I'm gonna have a beer or two, and I don't really want to get fucking drunk. Yeah. Uh, but I. I. I don't know. My wife will pick up a random four pack of a good IPA whenever she's at the um, DJ's Westgate over here. Mm-hmm. They just. I, I know you're from Yorks, but they just moved to a new location, and it's yeah, one I saw. Of the old, uh, uh, mattress warehouse stores, and it is right. <laughs> just huge. And like they they're doing it right. They're they're doing it right to compete with the likes of Wise and Giant and shit nice. like that. Um, so she always goes in there. We know a lot of the people that work there, and they always give her good advice on the beers she likes and the beers that I'll like. So I always have a few really good beers in my. Sorry, there's a fire truck going by, and I. Sounded like he was driving into my living room. Um, <laughs> so there's always, you know, good beers in the fridge, but I I don't hesitate to mix it up with the the cheap light beers either because yeah. you know don't want to get too much of a beer gut on me. <laughs> oh no, that's already happened to me. Yeah, don't don't do it. But okay, so anyway, back to back to after that. So you so you did some drinking, but you but you got over it. The, the sad drinking. How how yeah. long did that take? How long did it take for you to get proactive? I don't think it took very long, did it? Uh no. So. Pretty much, like, even the night of, like, the, you know, people, cops showing up and the city showing up and condemning everything, I was getting texts from people like, hey, we need to talk, we need to talk. Um, and pretty quickly, we developed a plan that, like, we're going to figure out a way to try to do this, like, the way they want us to. They want us to be legit. They want us to have permits. They want us to have zoning. They want us to have codes. They want us to have licenses. We're going to do it. Um a lot of people listening probably have heard all about the GoFundMe that raised like upwards of thirty-seven thousand dollars in this is a insane. very short amount of time. I mean, we set our goal at twenty-five thousand, and we hit that within twenty-four hours. Which, thank you to everyone, that was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, over the next like two weeks or three weeks, whatever it was, it hit thirty-seven, a little over. Um, handful of people did donations outside of the GoFundMe just so that a hundred percent went instead of like ninety-seven yeah. percent or whatever it is. Um. Because GoFundMe basically takes like a credit card swipe fee, so it's like three, three and a half percent, which you know it's fair. Um, it's better than like ten or twenty. Uh, so that began the process—a very, very long process of trying to find a home. Um, I looked at—I I keep telling everybody it's seventeen properties. It was probably more like thirteen, but mm-hmm. it felt like I was in every available commercial space in and around York. Um, a lot of places. That were really cool spots, but would have been a lease landlord situation. Yeah. Just not feasible money wise. Like, oh, you need 5,000 square feet. Well, we do a dollar per square foot and that's $5,000 a month. And I'm like, whoa. Uh, okay. Not in the budget. Well, yeah, that's that's not in the budget. Um, like, I, I'm not some of these big developers in York that just have massive fucking funding behind me or know how to go to the government and like, milk all the money out of every like program yeah um like some of these companies do i i'm not that guy so we quickly switched over to um fuck it let's just find a place and we'll buy it we'll never have a landlord it'll be cheaper to buy a building and do this than to try to lease some space and do it and i mean we looked at everything from the old uh 
it was the old YMCA or YWCA WCA on East Market Street, which is this huge, gorgeous building with like floor to ceiling fireplace and like like windows with the blinds that go into the walls and like um, hand carved metal tiles on the <laughs> fireplace and like um, a fucking swimming pool and a gym like has one of those gymnasiums with a big stage. And I was like, well, yeah, then you set up. You got <laughs> bathrooms and locker rooms like we're good to go. Right. I don't know what we're going to do with the other 19,000 square feet. But uh and a pool, like I don't know what we're going to do with an indoor in-ground pool, um, and that just wasn't feasible because it it, it honestly like probably needed a million dollars worth of work. The fourth the fourth floor was literally a pigeon coop, like a window was broken, and like if we walked up there, we did the shirts over our face. Yeah, like you should not be breathing this. We need to leave. I didn't even um, know that building was. I thought that was still operating. I guess not. What shows what I know. Um. It is partially in use. Um, a youth boxing organization uses part of the gym, and uh, s- some other group uses one of the conference rooms up front. Um, we looked at a couple other buildings, you know, in the same area. We looked at um, for people familiar with the garage. If you go down Clark Avenue towards the city, like east, uh, at the in the block, there's like a st- there's like a half block stop sign between West and Newberry, and there's a big old garage on the left. We looked at that because that's for sale, and it's like almost four thousand square feet. Has like twenty parking spaces and a like chain link, like a enclosed parking area beside it. And like it would have been hilarious to open up in a year later and be like, "Well, they kicked us out of our garage, so we bought a bigger garage a block away." And <laughs> haha, um, you know, old timey news voice, like we yeah. got them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that wouldn't work out because like it would have needed zoning to be changed. We would have had to. Like everything would have been like permits and headaches. Uh, long story short, like it, we, it didn't even have plumbing. We would have had to run sewage and plumbing. And like while it was cheap, we would have spent twice as much as we paid for the building to get it anywhere near like workable. Uh, then, I mean, we found a, we found another place. We were like this close. We had an offer that we thought they were accepting. And then I called back to the uh, – selling agent was like hey what's going on like we're let's let's get this in writing and he's like oh we just took an offer for the exact number that we were talking about but like from somebody else and i was kind of kind of felt shitty about that um but it worked out because we uh like the next day found a spot that like we were really into and like it was a cool spot back in the day like it's been empty a long time yeah um made an offer and uh the big news here is I signed today. We bought it. Um, we own the spot that will be the new Skid Row Garage in York, Pennsylvania. Um, so, so how long How long did this take? Um, we started looking like September. And I say we uh, – let me let me skip back here. Like I met with um, Paul from Razorblade in 717, and he he's a very, very intelligent businessman. And he helped mm-hmm. me just like, you know, pad and paper – this is what we're going to need to do. This is what you're going to need to look for. These are the things you need to worry about. You know, make a list of like your five must haves and then everything else is a bonus or like, you know, you can work without it. Like he gave me like exactly the way to think this through. And yeah. um, Rob from Roberitos, who had been sort of jokingly saying for many, many years now that him and I need to buy like an old house in the city, just gut it and do like the kill time in Philly until yeah. like the city gets sick of us and shuts us down. And like, then we sell the house and we do it again somewhere else. Um, cause I mean, you're familiar with York. You can buy a shitty old house in York for 15 to 20 grand. Right. And right. like, like 
you know, in an area that no one's going to really care too much for a long time. Um, but uh, Rob, in the process of all this, really stepped in and was like, dude, if you're looking for a place in York, I've owned and operated businesses in the city. I know the ins and outs. I know the people. I have a lot of connections. Let me help you. And so he has been like the crutch that I have leaned on through all of this and will be being a huge partner in everything we do going forward. Um, but yeah, the spot we bought, um, it's three blocks away. Okay. It's a prominent building in the city that I'm sure anybody that has ever driven from West York to downtown has seen. Um, it was an old Italian restaurant. Um, I'm thinking. And it's, I mean, it's huge. It's a three-story building. It has, um, it has uh, room for apartments upstairs. It was loft apartments. Um, it has uh, a huge area up front that we're going to open up. It has some like dividing walls that have broke up their dining room. Yeah. And we're basically going to open all of those walls up because we went in with one of those like uh, exploratory cams that you can put inside walls and it has uh, steel beams across the roof holding up everything above it so we can open it up completely. Um, oh, wow. Going to put a big stage in there. Going to have a little over 1,500 square feet of uh, space for activities. <laughs> quote stepbrothers. <laughs> right. Um, and then has a, has a kitchen, um, has a huge bar and a deck out back. Um, so we're set up for uh, a lot of great things. Um, the big problem is that... It is currently, I mean, it has been gutted down to like water lines and drains sticking out of the wall, gas lines sticking out of the wall. Mm. Flooring has been ripped up. Um, it's one of those buildings from the era where every builder thought, let's put skylights everywhere. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I can tell you from looking at over a dozen buildings in York, every building with a skylight has the same problem. Skylights fucking leak. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> a window in the roof. Who'd imagine? Yeah, it's 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 terrible. Like this place has a skylight in the kitchen, like in a commercial kitchen, not like yeah. in a like residential kitchen where it might be cool. In a commercial kitchen, there's no reason for it. Is it just caked with grease? Yeah, and like and it leaks. Like <laughs> so, um, luckily there's not structural damage anywhere. There's a lot of like weak spots in the subfloor, um, you know. Um, but again, they scraped all the flooring. They all the carpet is up. The tile is up. There's a few spots where the subfloors, you know, we walked through stomped and we found the weak spots. And, right. Um, but all the bones are good. The rafters in between everything are nice and solid. Um, we won't have problems with the floor bouncing because there is a cinder block wall down the middle of the building in, in the basement. Oh, so, nice. like, while it's 40 feet wide, there's never a spot that's more than 19 feet between, like, uh, support. Right. And where the main dance floor area would be also has a steel I-beam across hmm. on top of the cinder block wall. So it's like, that's comforting. Yeah. That's... Yeah. It's this like, like we walked through it and like, we're, we're just like, cause we had both been in this building when it was an open in a restaurant, you know, eight years ago, it's been sitting empty for eight years. Cause you know, somebody, somebody, Oh God, how, how do I do this quickly to get into a long story short? Somebody bought it for the liquor license. And for anybody outside of Pennsylvania, that sounds crazy, but in right. Pennsylvania, a liquor license is an asset that you can buy and sell. And, Pennsylvania does not issue more liquor licenses, so the existing liquor license have become very, very, um, an, a very, very expensive thing to try to purchase because you're now competing with Sheets and Rudders and Wise and Giant and all the grocery stores and convenience stores for a liquor license 
because the only way Sheets can sell you beer is if they buy a liquor license from a bar. And most of the small corner mom and pop type bars are saying, well, half a million dollars is a retirement. Yeah. I will sell my bar and I will sell my liquor license and retire. That's um, what happened to my favorite hole in the wall in York, Kairos. That's what they did. Yeah. North York didn't help there. North York drove out every bar yeah. in North York. Yeah. Um, we looked at a establishment in North York. Um, used to be Club 19. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's 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 for sale. It's sitting there empty. Um, Wasn't that North a uh, distillery or something? It was. It was a distillery. It was a high-end, like, like I have my whiskey on the rocks kind of gentleman's, like, not gentlemen's yeah. club, like a duty bar, but like, <laughs> like I'm gonna smoke cigars and drink whiskey, kind of like place yeah. where you know you spend too much money and you don't even get a buzz. Um, I saw they, Ruiner they in there, all once. kinds of things there, but like again, <laughs> North York really is not friendly to like the bar business because even like, um, I mean the Wheelie Bar, Cairo's, mm-hmm. um, what was the one across the street, the gay club, Club XS? Yeah, um, that one. That's out, a church it, now. Yeah, yeah, it's a church now. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that place was awesome, and it was. I got. Packed. I got hired there one night. That's yeah, like, <laughs> that's what I always tell the story. Me and Scotto got hired there one night as bouncers. Yeah, like those, and they they were awesome. The <laughs> only my favorite thing about going into Club Excess was when you used the bathrooms and you saw two sets of feet in the bathroom stall. You never knew if it was like a sex thing or a drug thing. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Could be either. Could be both. Yeah, it's a dance club. Yeah. it's a dance club in like 2003. That's kind of the way things work. <laughs> Exactly. But yeah, so so this building got, you know, the restaurant and the building got bought um, for the liquor license. Um, long story short, a big, the White Rose Company bought it for a liquor license for a new bar and restaurant that they opened downtown. It's their, uh, I think it's Rockfish, their uh, seafood restaurant, which is awesome. Um, On George Street? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, they, they did what they had to do to get their business. And, you know, this building was not what they wanted. It wasn't in the downtown area where all the other, like, especially like eight years ago, that York was focusing heavily on that, like white Rose to George street area, trying mm-hmm. to get all that revitalized. And they still are. I mean, it's, it's York. Um, so this building being, you know, just outside of that area was no use to them. Um, from what I understand, they had a bunch of people in and out trying to do a restaurant, signing contracts. Mm-hmm. Hey, we'll do this. We'll do that. No one ever finished the deal. And it's been empty for eight years. So we got a lot of um, a lot of cosmetic type work to do in the building to get it to where we want it to be. Yeah. Um, but the good news is we have a spot. Um, we have a plan to try to be open before summer so that um, this summer we will be doing shows again in York. Um, all ages shows, always all ages. Um, and we'll still be called the Skid Row Garage. We're not oh, going to change the name. name. Nice. The uh, sort of decided that because the the city didn't want to let us do it in the garage, then now they have to deal with the name right on one of their main thoroughfares. Um, I like it. Yeah, I mean, you know, they forced my hand, it and you ha- you handled it well, and you quickly, rather quickly, moved almost everything to uh, JB Lovedraft's locations over the last I don't, yeah. I don't know how however many months. Um, um, yeah, basically from September through December. They saved all but one of my shows, and that was the Halloween show that we moved to, like, a park building where, you know, so we could do it all ages and kind of just have the party we always had, which was a lot of fun because uh, when we pulled in to set up, there was a wedding in the park building next to the park building that we had rented. (laughs) 
And I was just like, oh, my God, these poor fucking Dover rednecks are going to have shitty punk rock covers blasting in the background. Hey, careful, careful. I'm from Dover. I'm yeah, totally familiar. You didn't see these people. <laughs> I'm totally like, familiar with Brookside Park. Yeah. I used like, to sit I used to sit on picnic tables there and read books and smoke cigarettes. You uh, fucking <laughs> rebel. <laughs> That's but, what I used to do. Yeah. No, it was a blast. Like that that was a great show, but yeah. No, Ju- Justin and JB Love Drafts have like saved my ass on all my shows. Um unfortunately, you know, at their downtown location, it's 21 plus, mm-hmm. you know, which is understandable because of the way, again, a liquor license works in Pennsylvania, blah, blah, blah. Um, now, the shows I was able to move to their brewery in Mechanicsburg on the Carlisle Pike, which is, you know, six or seven miles away. But for whatever reason, it's almost a completely different crowd. Um, I'm You're able to do 18 plus there, which is awesome. Um, big help for, like, some of the shows we did. Because... Um, you know, the younger people would drive a lot of these music scenes. Absolutely. And that's, that's of course, like we discussed last time, is why Skid Row Garage was so important. And uh, that's, I guess, was going to bring me to my next question. First, how did, you, I'm sure you'll know this, how do they do 18 and over shows, but not all ages? What's the difference? Um, so I think it's a preference for them. Because, God, this is, this is going to get into a little bit of legal talk, but... The way liquor licenses work in Pennsylvania is if you have a brewery license, here's how dumb Pennsylvania is right now. It is cheaper to buy a microbrewery license and buy all the equipment to <laughs> establish a microbrewery, hire staff to brew beer and actually brew your own beer. It's cheaper to do all that than to just buy a liquor license. <laughs> but with a brewery license, you get around a lot of the laws of like a bar has to deal with with like the 21 plus kind of rules like I, I don't know if you know this but if you were 25 years old and you went to the bar if you went to let's say tgi fridays i know it barely exists anymore but you right. went to tgi fridays with your little sister who's 20 you couldn't get a beer because you have to have someone over 27 at your table in order for you 27. to get a beer. yeah now, i'm not sure if that law is still in effect it was a couple years ago no, I do actually. I do remember years ago when I was. I remember when I was twenty one and I had a girlfriend who was twenty. That when I would order a beer, I would have her. Yeah, but I would have to keep it. I could keep it at the table beside me. Yeah, <laughs> or you'd have to go up to the bar to drink it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah. the dumbest shit. But a, yeah. a brewery gets around a lot of that because it is. It's some loophole in the licensing that you can, you know. Go into a brewery. It's like a family establishment where you're doing food and creative brewing right. and. Um, I, I know Justin and Love Drafts are adamantly against having children at the brewery because essentially their their thing is, why do we want to let you come in here, drink our beers that range in I like ABV from like seven to twelve sure. with your kid and then one of you has to drive home. Yeah. Like it his logic is perfect and exactly the way a like establishment should be run. And so many breweries are pissed at him about it. It's hilarious. <laughs> Sorry, drinking a beer, I just burped under my breath. Um, <laughs> so it's a dumb loophole in the law that you're allowed to have um, any age person there. Like I went to uh, a brewery down in southern York County with uh, my wife's family. And on a Sunday afternoon, you know, there were families in there with little kids running around dogs. You know, it's a brewery. It's children and dogs are everywhere. Yeah. Um, I saw I went to a brewery in Western Maryland once and they had a sign that said, you know, keep your children and pet or children and dogs under control because not everybody loves children and dogs. And I 
love like that is the best sign I've ever read. Like not everybody loves children and dogs, yeah. especially at a brewery. Yeah. Like, <laughs> as as a guy who who uh, likes my kids, but not necessarily other people's and nobody else's dogs, uh, that's I can totally relate. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 sort of half of that. I, I like pretty much all dogs. <laughs> yeah, some kids are all right, but whatever. Um, but no, it's just like a dumb loophole, and like, um, not to give anything away, that dumb loophole is sort of how we're going to be able to sell beer at our bar. Um, we're going to work with a local brewery to use one of their um, licenses and be able to sell their beer. Um, so they're already on board. You already got that. Um, yeah, they had reached out to Rob and I about um, working with us because the owner is from York. He grew up in West York, and like he has a brewery, and they don't have a York like location. They don't have a, a home. I mean, bars here sell their beer. Like I can go to Wise and grab some of their beers, but they don't have like a location where they can say, "Hey, go to this this place, and you can drink our beers." Hmm, that's um, awesome. And they have like big time production capabilities. So we kind of discussed, and this was all kind of handshake deal. It's nothing set in stone yet, but like we got a very, like very good understanding of what we both want out of this. And like, they're going to do like a, like lager type beer that we can, you know, sell fairly cheap. And you know, the, the, the crowd that wants to have a cheaper beer that they can drink like eight of a night, they have that beer. It's, you know, four, four and a half percent, whatever. And then, um, on the other taps, we're going to have, you know, some of their other better beers that are, you know, IPA and a stout, like the, you know, the more experimental stuff that, you know, like you and I would like to sip on, <laughs> right, you know, right. have one or two a night and like yeah. enjoy it. And, but you know, we'll have the best of both worlds. Um, Rob has uh, a tap system from another establishment that he owns that he's going to be bringing in. And I think it has six taps. So our plan is to have the cheap beer on two taps. So it never runs out. Yeah. And then four of the other beers, um, Numbers might be off there. It might be a eight tap system, but I think it was six. But um, again, we're going to have a legit setup. Um, Skid Row Garage will have an awesome sound system because um, Brandon uh, Gepfer from Chameleon Club, yeah, he had the Lizard Lounge sound system in his basement, just and hanging he out. Donated it to me, and he wow. said, "Hey, if you ever don't need this or upgrade, just give it back." So, hmm. like that plus another like. PA system that I had bought right before that. Um, we're going to mix and match into a you know, full professional system. Um, you know, we're going to be loud. It's going to be fun. Um, That's awesome. Going to have a real stage, not like yeah. Know, so I was going to say high st- stage. Stage height. What's the stage height? You know, that's um, important. I think we have an eleven foot ceiling. I can't remember if it was ten or eleven. I, again, I was in so many buildings and doing measurements, right. and you know, using a tape measure, using the laser measures. Um, I think this one was 10 and a half or 11. So we're only going to do like an 18 inch stage, like a good, like yeah. Captain Morgan's like stance, like right. one leg up kind of stage where it's, you know, a little bit too high for a one step, but like gives you that good, like pirate stance. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's also just enough where like when you're in the back of the room and you're five foot seven, you can still see the band. Who's five foot seven. That's really I, I, short. It, it's shorter I, than me. So like, I want to just thought, somebody that was like shorter than me could still be able to see it. I'm kidding. I was just hoping that you were five foot seven and I was just going to try to make you feel. No, I'm like five foot, a little over five, nine. So, you know, very, very average height. Very what average. size shoes do you wear? Ten and a half in Adidas. All right. That's pretty good. You know, people that wear under 10, undersized 10. Do you know that they, first of all, did you know that people wear undersized 10? It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a hoof. Yeah. It's not, 
It's, it's like a down. carny type thing. They have small it's hands a, and small feet. Yeah, it's like a peg leg. It's just. I think it's so they can the like work on those like little parts of the rides. Yeah, they probably be able to climb yeah. the side of a mountain pretty well. But yeah, that's yeah, you know some benefits. Um, but anyway, so all right, so there's going to be a stage. You got the PA. There's going to be. There, is there any concerns about selling beer? Um, like because, and I ask this because, like, one of the things that you could say about Skid Row Garage, even though we all knew there was always beer there, it wasn't like a, wasn't like something that was being sold. Like to, I'm saying to like a parent who might be like more uncomfortable. I'm taking my drop my kid off at the bar as opposed to I'm dropping my kid off in the shady alley. Well, <laughs> the parents; those are two big concerns that parents should have about both. Um, well, uh, the layout of the building is great because. Um, that band area is up front in a big open room and there is a like the kitchen creates a hallway to the back where mm-hmm. the bar actually faces the alley with the deck and everything. So it's like it's a separated area. Gotcha. Um, anytime we have big shows, it's going to be a 21 plus area. Um, we've because of the size of the deck, I think it's like 30 by 40. We've talked about like trying to do a couple like in the summer, like like afternoon matinees like they used to do at the Zodiac, but yeah. have them outside on the deck. Nice. Like put like punk and hardcore bands at like four in the afternoon <laughs> um that we would do all ages outside but it'd also be you know daytime in a very different atmosphere where it's easier to keep track of people with you know wristbands and x's or whatever but um for our shows you know our normal shows at night you know 21 plus drinking is going to be in the back um in a different area and um you know so that's that's not going to be a big concern which you know if a parent is concerned about that they should just drive 45 minutes south to Baltimore and go to the auto bar and be like, oh, I can stand next to a fucking three-year-old and drink a beer. What, what What's so different? But Yeah. Or, <laughs> or, you know, your creepy Uncle Steve can sit there and slug beers and, like, say all kinds of dumb shit to the kids about God knows what. Hey, we've forgiven but, Steve. He's been through a lot. Well, you know, <laughs> maybe it's Uncle Alan. I don't yeah. know. But, but you know what I mean. Like, if a parent is that concerned that their kid might see somebody drinking beer, like... They, they probably should like really unplug from everything because Jesus Christ, I, I started watching this show on HBO called Euphoria and it, there are scenes in that thing that make me uncomfortable because they're supposed to be 16 year old kids and they're just doing like no, that's hard weird. drugs and all kinds of weird shit. And like the one point, like they were doing this like sex scene and they literally had to stop and the narrator narrator had to be like, I promise you, you're not about to see a rape. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's 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 completely unbelievable, but it's also very hard to watch. Like some of the situations they get into, because like, but whatever. Um, but yeah, like like that shit's all over fucking TV. Like every TV show. Every, I mean, I don't know if, if that's really their concern. Then you know, maybe their kid will really really hate them when they get turn eighteen and go to college. <laughs> but at least they won't be around people drinking beer at Skid Skid Row Garage, the bar, the venue. Um, I know the I know the. The building you're talking about. I know what the building looks like from the outside. Very distinct. Yeah. What do you... Do you expect to change that? Um, We're definitely going to paint because, like, the pastel colors on it are not the aesthetic at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, And also, like, again, it's been empty eight years. Like, that... It looks a little rough. Looks rough, Um, yeah. One of the the things we spoke to with our neighbor who owns the building that's attached to us on, on the east side and... They were, we were like, yeah, you know, we, we're going to, you know, 
sand and paint and you know make everything look better out front and they were like oh my god thank 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 you because it just looks like shit like they're they're actually going through um the process of dealing with the city to um remove like they have that glass tile or whatever it's called on the front Mm -hmm. of the building which was i think a big thing in like the 70s and 80s very dated look now right um they're trying to get that to be able to remove that and like change the the front of the building and so you know they're going to update their building we're going to make ours look a lot better um not ever make it look like a Taj Mahal type fritzy kind of place. Like it's going to be a punk rock club. Um, I watched a um, a video for one of the new Hot Water Music songs, and they probably spent a lot of money on this video because it's kind of like it looks like a club or a practice space that has flyers all over the wall. And as yeah. they're playing, like they zoom in on a flyer, and the flyer comes to life doing stuff. But like the whole, all the walls are black and graffitied and stickered and you know everything like that, and like. As I'm watching this, I'm just laughing. I'm like, man, that is exactly what's going to happen because that's what happened to the old spot. Yeah. Like, um, I'm hoping to be able to bring like, like the the one wall that had like the plywood wall that had all the stickers and stuff on it. Bring it into the new building somewhere so that you know, a little part of it. Um, yeah. The door of the garage. I'm going to try to find a spot where we can use that as one of the doors, just so like, you know, the door that everybody knew is still there somewhere. Um, whether it's a bathroom door or like one of the doors out on the deck, because there's you know doors that you know go from the bar out to the deck, and then you know entrances and exits back there as well. So, going to try to incorporate a lot of the uh, the the original garage into the the new garage, um, but the new garage is going to be a a an expansion of the idea that we have all like grown accustomed to over the past 12 years well that's i mean that is really that is extremely cool and i'm very impressed at how quickly this all came together and i mean first of all was with with how much money that got raised and then second of all i mean it's only it's only january like it didn't yeah. it didn't take you that long yeah, at it's all been to like get five this months. figured out yeah um <laughs> i don't get anything done that quick of on this scale and if you if you're able to have this done and ready to go by summer that will be even more impressive um for now i guess for people who are local the which is probably everybody listening to this the assume business as usual with shows at jb love drafts locations yeah yeah i have um obviously well january wiped out every show i had um i had a big show booked with like ravagers stolen wheelchairs and no heads and old tigers and the possession and by like the day before the show, we were down to two bands because of COVID and, you know, or COVID or like, hey, somebody in my house has COVID. I have to quarantine or should be getting tested. The whole headache. Right. Um, then I had a show that was supposed to be uh, a Sunday show with school drugs. They canceled their whole tour because of COVID concerns. Like they were they had shows dropping left and right and, you know, dropped the tour. Um, we had a show the 29th should be this Saturday. Um, all the bands kind of backed out because they were like, Hey, we don't know what's going on. Like half our band has COVID now or, you know, whatever. (laughs) I mean, hell old tigers in the past, like two months, three out of four of us got COVID and, you know, all vaccinated, but like, you know, different degrees. One guy got really sick. One guy was a little sick. One guy was like, well, I feel like I have like the sniffles, but I tested positive and. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah. I can't go back to work for 10 days. Well, so uh, for the new Skid Row Garage, can you guarantee right now that you will not have COVID? Yes. I will right. not allow COVID in unless they pay. I mean, if if they pay, this is America. You well, they better. Yeah, it's true. Baby. That's true. Are they are they going to? I all right. Here's a here's a, a topical question here. Any plans to require anything to get into Skid Row Garage at this point, or is um, it too far in advance to get into that? I shit? will say I do have one date for a touring band locked down that they. Their request per the band and the management is uh, vaccine vaccine card or negative test, um, which, you know, if that's what the band wants, that's what you do. Right. Um, right. You know, as you know, somebody working in this industry, that that's what you deal with. If, you know, as, as a fan, as somebody that wants to come to the show, you got to make a choice whether you want to see those bands. It's not hard to get a test right now. Um, well, it is very hard to get a test right now. But by summer, like... Before this latest uh, what Omicron wave, it was very easy to get a test whenever you needed it. Like yeah. numbers were way down. We thought we had basically beaten this. Um, from what I've seen, the, the 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 this this peak seems to be crashing just as quickly as it came. Fingers crossed that by summer we're back to a sense of normalcy that we thought we had at the end of last summer. Um, but if a band or you know tour package or you know you know tour manager or whatever says hey. If you want this show, this is what you got to do. That's what we're going to do, um, because ultimately, you know, that's that's their lives. You know, right? <laughs> yeah. M- much the same way, like if you know, I want to go visit my mom, and my mom's like, "Hey, like somebody here has been sick. You should wear a mask." I'm going to be like, "Okay, mom, I'll wear a mask at your house. It's not a big deal. I still want to see somebody I care about. I will do this minimal step to to do that thing." Right. Yeah. Then that's that's fair. I, that's so. been that's been my position the whole time. What's the rules? Fine. I'll, you know. Yeah. Um, the as far as the area, you're obviously well aware of York County, York City specifically. Yeah. Any concerns in the neighborhood? Um. So yeah. Without calling anybody out directly, that might get you. No. No. So, um, our building has been sitting empty for eight years. Um, jokingly, it's been called a homeless shelter. Um, people broke into the back bar area and were, um, living there, pissing, shitting, doing drugs there. Um, at one point, the whole thing, um, yeah. before we got involved in even looking at it, like, like the oh, people that own the building next door actually came over and boarded up the stuff so nobody else could get in. And they were like, Hey, there's needles everywhere. Well, the owners came in and cleaned it out and like, I was going to say, was the poop still there when you looked at it? No, no. Now, I, we did look at a building where there was... Would it have mattered? Would it have mattered? Yes, it was a turd. <laughs> uh, the one building we looked at, the, the garage down the street, it looked like they had a like large dog that they just let shit in the back corner for months on end. <laughs> and because they didn't have plumbing, they had a room where it looked like they had like... It smelled like 
probably buckets of piss sitting there. There were buckets everywhere with lids on them, and I, it just smelled like a, a latrine. So, um, but no. So like, there's definitely like a homeless population that lives, um, or frequently is calling the park right be right adjacent to our properties. Um, they call that home. I can tell yeah. you from walking my dog through that area that there is a homeless population that is there frequently. Um, this is some place that like is literally on the loop that I walk my dog almost every day. And especially when the weather's nice, this population is there almost every day. It's almost always the same people. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I have learned from living in York city and owning a property and well, two properties now is, um, the best way to deter, uh, homeless people, drug addicts, vandals, etc. Um, Johns and prostitutes is another one that I've dealt with. Um, traffic lights and visibility. Um, once you get foot traffic into a place, it deters a lot of the people that want to be left alone. Um, lights, same thing. You know, you, you have a motion detector light in your, uh, dark parking area out back. It deters a lot. Um, I had a lot of problems with break-ins when I bought the property where I'm at, where the garage has historically been located. And, um, I put a motion sensor light up out there and never had my car broken into again. Um, and I still like to this uh, until last August, well, August, 2020. Now I had never owned a car that was newer than a 2002. So it's not like I had nice cars with security systems. Right. They were just busting windows and taking like my old, like pioneer Sony, like head units and (laughs) whatever. Um, so yeah, lights, traffic, and and visibility. Like like once you have a spot and people know it's there and like people are there, like once you are in a building and like people care about it, they yeah. pay attention. To it. Like no one's gonna look away when they're like, oh well, that's a business I frequent. It looks like somebody's pissing on their fence. Hey, what are you doing, man? Like those <laughs> kind of things are deterred when people show up and care and it's visible. And um, not that I want to like push people out of an area where they feel comfortable when they're in a situation where they're homeless, but like they can't be breaking into a building that like people own and occupy and doing whatever. Also, Um, you know, I'll be the heartless one. A bench is a bench. Go down the street. You know, there's plenty of them. Um, Well, it also doesn't help that like the, the bar and restaurant that was open on the other block, like the block right behind us, that was a well-known establishment in New York is sitting empty right now and for sale, I believe that like, that also was another thing where drove a lot of traffic. There were always cars in and out. There were always people in and out, um, you know, high visibility for that area. You know, a, you know, there's a lot of empty area in that area, in that, in that location <laughs> in York that these people were just able to like kind of congregate and not be bothered after like 5 PM because York city has this idea where pretty much no business is open after 5 PM unless you're a bar <laughs> or a restaurant. Well, what uh, about aside from the the neighbors without homes? What about the neighbors with home? Have you have you done any um, uh, canvassing there? Have you have you checked in with them? Do they do they, the neighbor, do they know what's going to happen? We met with the neighbor who is um, owns the building attached to us, and um, it was a fairly warm reception. I mean, they definitely had concerns about noise and everything like that. And um, Rob and I talked a lot about that when we were looking at the building, but. Um, the building has a firewall, like a solid brick wall, like from the ground to the third floor, but that is between our buildings. And I can tell you from running the garage, cinder block and brick do not let sound pass through very well. Right. Um, we're also going to have like, you know, sound deadening materials and whatnot, but, um, 
between our two buildings, they also have like a walkway, kind of like a breezeway. Sure. Um, now the second floor is attached solid, but um, I don't think the sound will be going up and over that much. If they were, if we were doing sound music on the second floor, like I know JB Lovedrafts had a problem with that. Um, it might be a bigger problem. Um, but having the brick wall, having soundproofing, and probably doing some kind of sound deadening material on the on the ceiling of our first floor yeah. as well, um, I think should keep those kind of concerns at bay. Um, I have heard that some other businesses in the neighborhood um, were concerned and wanted to put a stop to quote what's going on at <laughs> at this place, and um, which is kind of funny because like when I heard that, I was like, well, like. I don't know what they think's going on because I don't even own the building yet. Like right. it's, it's still pending sale. So like what's going on there? Oh, some people walked through and want to buy it. And did um, you see one of those guys hair, had a haircut that was suspicious, you know? Yeah. One guy was tall and had long hair and the other one looked like a mohawk. <laughs> they were both wearing leather jackets. It must be the gays. It's another gay bar. That's what they're going to be. It's, you know, that's reason for concern Dude, in, in York. You, if we wanted to do a gay bar, we would make all the money in the world. <laughs> like, because first off, there's not a gay bar in York anymore. Not that I'm aware of anyway. I mean, I know they were doing like a pop-up thing where like a bunch of people would go out and like, and it was cool because I was there one night. I was just like, where'd all these people come from? And then they just disappeared. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And the bartender's like, oh yeah, like like there's a whole group that goes around like bar hopping. Now that was, again, in the before times. So who knows right, what's right. going on now? But um, I, that I'm aware of, there's not like a like a gay bar in York where like, like there was when Excess was there where like, yeah. No, it was like the safe space for all of them. Right, right, right. Well, God, all of them sounds terrible. I shouldn't yeah. say it like that, but but you know what I mean. Like they, they had a safe. Space we, I know what you mean. everybody knows. Everybody's listening will know what you mean. We don't, yeah. you know. It's one of those things where like like they like I know Lancaster has like bars that are like gay bars where like they have a spot where if they don't want to have to deal with you know some dumb jock who's gonna be like hitting on all the girls and being overly aggressive and like you yeah. Know, they can go out and have a spot or actually more than one spot from what I'm aware of in Lancaster that where it's pretty much safe to say that they won't have that experience. Sure. I, sure. I don't think they they have that in York. So no, that that's a money-making idea that somebody should do. But again, well, you have to speaking, buy a liquor license. speaking of what's the plan for Skid Row Garage as far as being open? Is this an everyday business? Is this a um, shows only thing? Well, our plan right now um, for people that know York kind of do the depot rules where um like thursday friday saturday um sundays in the summer especially with that huge deck we have like why not have it open like it's right like, I, I, it's it's an awesome deck man it's like literally 30 by 40 with like trees down the one side and like has like a big roof over half of it so it's like you got shade and sun if you know, yeah you know if you're a ginger and you burn easily <laughs> you, you don't want to be out in the sun you, you want to be outside but in the shade it, that's great we got you covered um <laughs> Literally, with a roof. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, our plan is to have shows every Friday and Saturday. Um, do the Sunday thing when we can, especially in the summer. Because, like, when I was a kid, Sunday matinees at, like, the Zodiac and stuff were awesome. I saw freaking Warzone there, like, in, I think it was March of January or March of 97 before he, Rabies died. Like, yeah. I had no clue who they were. I was right. a 16-year-old kid with a mohawk. Um, but, like, I saw, like, all kinds of super cool bands. I think Shutdown came through. I mean, they had the the Violent Society and the Boils and all those kind of bands coming through, too. I think Vision did one of them. But, like, there were always cool, like, Sunday matinees. So, like, we definitely want to try to get some of that going on just to be able to, like, use the space appropriately. Yeah. Um, 
and and then any other day of the week that a touring band needs something. Um, probably not Mondays. Most touring bands take off Mondays now. Um, huh, it's just like that. a dead dead day. Um, uh, I I always had the worst time booking a Monday show on my tours, but uh, you know if a band needs a show, we'll try to help them out. Um, business side of things like. On those kind of shows, like weekday shows, probably going to do some sort of door deal like, oh, you want to come play? Well, like we can't do a huge guarantee, but we'll do like X percent of the door for you guys. We take X percent and we'll pay sound and like opening act out of our end. That way it's still very band friendly, but like we get to kind of cover our ass a little bit too because we're going to – I mean with this, we have bills to pay. It sucks to say that, but like it's it's the way it is. Sure. I mean that's got to change – a lot of the way that you've operated for a long time, uh, you got a lot more, a lot more to consider, other than making sure the shit gets in the recycling bin. You know? Yeah. So, um, well, one of the things like I, I keep falling back to is uh, the old champ, and even like champ before the, you know, the original owners sold it. Don't want to throw anybody under the bus there. I know there's still some hard feelings with everybody, but like the the way they ran in back in the day was like they'd have a a big, big show or two a month that basically paid all their bills. And then all the other shows, they did the door deal with the, like the touring bands. Like, Hey, we'll do X percent for you guys. The rest goes to the house. We pay sound and opener or like your tour package gets this percent. You know, we'll take care of sound and opener, whatever. Um, and it, it worked out really, really well. I mean, I know that like they weren't making money hand over fist in any way, but they paid their bills. And like, I know that like the owners had very good credit after that because they did a lot of the, the, initial like build of that place on credit right um like you know they were all i mean 20s or early 20s and teenagers they didn't yeah it's have funny to think about how young they probably were now because back then they were all older than me so they still are <laughs> they were older yeah. than me so i thought they were much older but when i think about it i was when an old champ opened i was 19 yeah so <laughs> so yeah they were probably what 25 at the oldest at yeah. the, you know, like making and, those plans. Yeah. And like our, the other, the other really nice thing that we're going to have is, I mean, beer sales is going to help. I mean, right. with the, the license through the, the brewery, you know, technically I think the way it has to be set up is they, we will be like a management company for them se- selling beer or whatever. It's, it's a whole legal mess, but you know, we'll get some kickback off the beers. Um, we're going to have a kitchen. Um, not sure whether we're going to be like in house doing food or like, kind of doing like a contract kitchen or if we're going to do something like uh um like an incubator where we let somebody come in for like two or three months hey you you think you want to do a cool vegan pizza or vegan pizza recipes or vegan pasta whatever come in and do it you'll find out really quickly doing three or four nights a week for two months whether you want to a run a restaurant and b if it's something that people want right you know, you'll find out quickly um, we haven't really decided on that. Like if we do it ourselves, we're going to do something super quick and easy, like grab and go foods. Um, cause you know, if you go to a show, you don't want to like sit down and have like, yeah, I'm probably not thing. eating there. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. <that's> just... <laughs> like, like, I mean, I think the chameleon did it great when they had, the one of the local pizza shops, bring them in pizza. And then they just, you know, threw the slices in the warmer and sold them for like, you know, probably a profit of like four yeah, bucks, f- a five bucks a slice. Yeah. 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 So, um, Something simple and easy like that if we have to do it. Um, maybe experimental and crazy if we do the, the incubator. But the place has a kitchen that is, like, huge. And, again, 
it's gutted down to the like gas lines and water lines and everything. And the, the hood is there, which is great. Yeah. Um, needs some TLC, but the hood is there. Um, but other than that, like it's a kitchen that's built to suit. And mm. with Rob involved, you know, his eyes kind of lit up. He was like, Holy shit. Like we can what do he does, whatever right? we want here. Like this is, this is great because I don't have to come in and undo somebody else's headache. We can just do what we want. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it's, it's down to the walls. Like we got to put, like work into it to get it, you know, nice and clean, but we don't have to undo somebody else's like vision that was probably bad. Right. Right. <laughs> so, um, so those kind of, those areas will be a big help with, you know, covering expenses. Um, we, we did the math and we have an exact number of like how much, you know, we need to be able to like have as income every week. And, and if we did, you know, we we did the reverse engineering of all the math and saying, well, if we do 10 bucks a head per show, we know the exact number of people we need through the door every week. Again, that's an average. Like, we'll probably have one big show a year or a month where, like, hopefully damn close to selling out, you know, on a $15 ticket, which, you know, numbers go up on everything. You have more people, yeah. higher dollar ticket, percentages are a little bit better for everybody. Like, that covers the bills. And then all the other shows, you know, we get a little extra in the pocket that makes it worthwhile like makes it like hey we, we're not going out of business and selling the building in a year yeah <laughs> yeah well um it sounds like you've you've got it all well i wouldn't say you got it all figured out not not because i don't think you do but because i don't i, I, I don't, don't think i'm anywhere near having it figured out but we're <laughs> we're working on it very very hard um, yeah you guys seem to be on top of things i should say and and honestly like york needs this yeah um lancaster lost the chameleon club but they still have Tell us 360 doing shows. A bag's been doing a lot more. Um, they have Phantom Power in Millersville. There's a lot of places in and around Lancaster that are still doing a lot of awesome things. And like Tell us can hold just about any band because they have like 19 million rooms there that are all different sizes and they can configure some of those rooms to be as big or as small as they want. I'll make um, one, I'll make one complaint about about since the Chameleon Club is not here anymore is that they don't there's no heavy music that's not I, I here anymore. That's yeah. That's going to love dress, as far as I can see. Yeah, basically. Which is which is fine with me, but it's but it's not very convenient. But it's fine. Yeah. But it's fine with me. Tell us is great. We went there to see a, to see a show or two. Um, but yeah, this, so I understand. But but York, nothing. There's nothing. Yeah, there. and like and like you said, I mean, I know even like what is it? Lidditz has uh, can't think of the name of that venue that uh, Brandon's been doing a lot of shows at. Uh, Mickey's I, Black Box or something. I haven't been there yet. That, seem, that seems else. a little high class, but I haven't been. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Maybe um, I'm talking out of my ass. But even Harrisburg has, you know, two Love Drafts locations. And HMAC um, and whatever. HMAC, which I know everybody likes to hate on. But what is the? What's they, the? Tell me the story. Give me. Can you give me a brief? What's the problem with HMAC? Um, there were a lot of allegations against one of the owners, um, and then that owner, because a lot of those allegations were expressed online, that owner. Um, went after the people posting those allegations that's a good move. online. That's, um, that's a fucking good legally, move. Legally, like oh, oh, directly. Okay. I thought you meant he um, just went online bitching at him. No, no, no. He went after them directly. So there's a lot of hard feelings there. And then from what I understand, HMAC said that guy is no longer involved, blah, blah, blah. And he still somehow is in the ownership. Gotcha. I don't know all, all the details. I know there's still a lot of hard feelings. Um, I've heard stories of HMAC still not that great. I know some of the people involved and I, I, I know like one of the one of the managers there and he's a really good guy and I, I feel bad if he's involved with some bad people and I, I don't want to overstep because I, I don't know all the details. Yeah, no, no. But I can tell you for a fact 
they are drawing in some shows that like if I know a lot of people that are like, I am boycotting HMAC. They're drawing in shows that's making those people question that decision because like having as an old punk, having the exploited <laughs> yeah. and Pro Mags playing HMAC. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard to like if if you're one of the boycott HMAC people, it's hard to say, well, I'm going to go to Philly instead of the venue that is three blocks from my house. Also, if you go to Philly, there's no Cro-Mags. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, for me, because like, I grew up on punk and hardcore, like both, Exploited and Cro-Mags is a pretty stacked lineup. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, forget about the rest is good too, but you know, with Total Chaos and the Virus. But the but yeah, that's a that's a hell of a show. Yeah, and I mean, I, what, I, they, they announced something else recently that I just kind of shook my head and was like, holy shit, like I can't believe they got that. But... Like, I, I mean, again, Harrisburg has places doing awesome shows and right. York has the tourist in and the West York in. And while like, I love what the West York in's doing and tourist in is like, I don't want to say legendary, but they've been doing it forever. Yeah. And like, I, I'll give them credit. They have one of the best sounding like band rooms for especially a place that's kind of in the middle of nowhere. But like York City has no live music venue. I know a lot of the bars in York put a band in the corner and it's like, you know, whatever. And like uh, my friend JJ does the Cable House present shows at the Central Market. And I can only imagine the logistical nightmare that she has setting up a sound system and a stage inside Central Market and then tearing it down all in one day. Not to mention the headache the sound guy must have in that building because we played there once and they got like 30-foot <laughs> ceilings. They're uh, peaked ceilings. Yeah. It's a, basically a cement room, like sounds bouncing everywhere. Like I, I don't envy what she does and what her sound people do, but there's no spot where this happened. Excuse me, I'm burping under my breath again. I'm second Miller Light deep. <laughs> um, I had one of the my leftover Skid Row Garage condemned beers earlier. At the new spot, a couple of my buddies helped me move in a bunch of stuff earlier, and we cracked one open. I sent you the pick. Yeah. Uh, so I'm on the light beers now. But, uh, <laughs> like, there's no home for music in York. And, I mean, you grew up in York, and I grew up in York. And I can tell you that from the time I was able to drive, I was going into York City to see live music, whether it was yeah. um, Club New Energy, which is, like, a weird warehouse where they did raves at night and punk rock and hardcore during the evenings. And the Zodiac or Big City or Club Night or not uh, the Phoenix, it was called next. It was the same building but three different names where they did live music and then they did raves at night because it was 1997. Right. Um, and, like, I mean, then it was the Depot. And now um, I know they were doing some all-ages stuff, but they haven't reopened and done any of that yet so i don't know what's going on there but all of those spots are gone but all of those spots existed for forever and like york you know doesn't have that now and well in the area i mean all these other places that you listed before from lancaster and harrisburg except i'm sure i'm missing hmac might be the exception um but none of them are all ages no um i think hmac in there in in a couple depending on which room they use i think they yeah. can do um, hold on. I'm just getting an update on my phone. Um, long story short, I, I've been talking to some people at the city trying to get a grant and, um, they, they might have a funder in, in mind to help us because of what we're doing and the, and the building that we're doing it in because people, a don't want to see this building go to shit and B think what we're doing is important. So, uh, um, some people at some of the, um, groups in the city, like the economic Alliance and things like that have reached out 
to help. And um, that is just a it's a crazy feeling when like they want to just give money to help because they, they know how important it is. Um, a conversation I had with them, which was like kind of getting here, getting to in this conversation about um, Harrisburg and Lancaster having all these places is like when people go to see live music, they're not spending money in York City. I know bands and people from York that go to JB Love Drafts every weekend. And that's great. Like, I'm, I'm stoked. Justin's a great person. What he's doing there is phenomenal. Like, and I, I know people that go to TELUS and ABAG and all those shows. But, like, at the same time, like, York used to be part of that rotation. Right. And it's not. And, like, what I've been trying to get through to a lot of these people in the city and a lot of the people in the neighborhood where we bought this building and a lot of the people involved in everything is, you know, I've had 20 plus shows at JB Love Drafts since from September through December and average attendance, let's say 90 people. That's almost 2000 people that went to Harrisburg instead of York. And I can tell you that they're spending money. They're buying food. They're buying drinks. They're not just going to JB Love Drafts. They're going to other places. Um, And that's, you know, if, if people in York want to snub their nose at that and say, we don't like that. We don't want that here. That sucks to be them. I hope the people that come to Skid Row Garage don't go to their business. But if like they understand that when you have, let's say, 200 people come to a sold out show at Skid Row Garage on Friday night, they're probably getting food somewhere. Yeah. And <laughs> for um, sure, especially if it's only vegan pasta. Come on. Or, Nobody's you know, whatever, whatever it may be. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but I'm like, kidding. like Rob hits this point home. He's like, I can tell you from owning a burrito shop across from the Chameleon Club that the Chameleon Club closing has hurt my business. So yeah. the reverse of that is you open a live music venue across the street from somebody's business. You're helping their business, if nothing else, by bringing in, let's say, 2,000 people across three months. Or you know, if we're doing it on a regular basis, 2,000 people a month. Like That is a lot of foot traffic into a neighborhood that – would not have been there otherwise. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. And just to just to back you up with what you're saying, I I've only been to that burrito shop two times, and that was when I was going to the Chameleon Club. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I went there once when I didn't go to the Chameleon Club, but I forget why. But I was in town. And I was like, oh, I'll grab raw burritos, and it's it's the weirdest thing. Like, there's rob like four or five four four locations in York, and for a while, I went to the Lancaster one more than any of them because I. <laughs> Like you, I'd go to a show at the Chameleon Club and I'd be like, well, I'm going to grab Rob Burritos. Like, one, I've known Rob forever. Two, I know the food's good. Right. And three, it is right there. <laughs> like, yeah. And, I, you know, I, I, I can quote like all kinds of dumb stuff, but like during the pandemic, I remember reading when they were trying to pass that Save Our Stages Act. I remember reading this thing where they did a study where in, and they specified like, smaller cities not not the philadelphia new york city chicago la houston's mm-hmm. but the the, the bcd markets um when there's live music event the the person that goes out on average spends i think it was 112 or 113 dollars between the ticket drinks food parking etc you know that's a lot of money now not yeah. everybody spends that you know i was the kid when i was 19 that i spent 12 bucks on a ticket and that was it Maybe I'm right, a teacher. Right. Like I was, I, I didn't have a lot of money, but I can tell you that when I go to Love Drafts for a show, I buy dinner and a good beer. I buy a couple cheap beers. If I see friends, I'm like, hey man, let me get you a shot if you need a shot or whatever you want. Like you know, I there's money being spent, and I, I see like people buying those high end 
good beers and like buying the 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 love drafts meals and and if you go to the the brewery holy shit their ribs are amazing like everything on their <laughs> menu is amazing but you're also paying you're it, it's it's not fine dining. It might, I mean, it might as well be fine dining in a, you know, more alternative atmosphere. But their food's phenomenal. You're paying for that. Like, if if you go out, you're not just paying the ticket price, and you're not just buying like three Miller Lights. Ultimately, you're probably spending a lot of money out that night. Right. So, like, the, what the point is is that the, the Skid Row Garage is not only beneficial to the kids who get to have somewhere to go but also the business owners and the economy around it and yeah. uh that's i mean it's it's a pretty pretty easy point to follow and but i'm yeah. but growing up in york and knowing how york works i'm not surprised that it's met with well but yeah um i know somebody else that is working on opening a business in york and i kind of gave them a heads up like hey um you, you you're gonna have pushback um you're what what you're doing is not what york is used to and there's going to be pushback and very very quickly i got a quote unquote fuck the karens kind of message from them and i was like yeah i was like I, i'm right there with you um you know there, there's a lot of businesses in in york that we're, we're going to partner with to try to do cool things because there are some cool like i don't want to say like younger people but they're they're changing attitudes in york in a, in a lot of the areas and a lot of people are doing non-traditional things and it's it's really cool and i hope that we can continue that because i, I think i think it's good for the for the city and it's good for everyone involved like i mean i mean fuck it like like rob said time and time again like you know i grew up on punk rock shows and stuff and i, I don't know like what my life would be like if it wasn't for that yeah. um like like Paul that I mentioned earlier from 717 and Razorblade, like he grew up touring in a punk rock band. And I can tell you that like that helps you fine tune like decision making. It it helps you like know exactly this is what I want. This is what I don't want. It helps you like figure things out. And like it's, it's people skills. It's a lot of I mean, being in a band is running a business on a on a literal day to day basis. Um, and. You know, a lot of young people, and I, I said this in a speech I did down at York Crafted a couple years ago. Thank you, JJ, for inviting me to that and convincing me to do it. I was on the fence for a long time, but um, like, it, it's positive for all the people involved. Like, yeah, we're always going to have like, like the outliers of the, the the kids that are not there for the right reasons, and they're they're the kids that are just there to fuck off and do stupid shit. But that's every group of people. That's skateboarders. Yeah. That's jocks. Um, that's that that's you know college kids that's that's professionals i mean i i remember a comedian having a joke for the longest time that was like hey like it's crazy that like all you got to do to get cocaine at a bar is just go up to all, all the white people in suits like <laughs> and right. that's hard drugs like but whatever you do what you want to do but like there are those people in every group including the the business class like yuppies or whatever and yeah just because punk kids and hardcore kids and metal kids look different doesn't mean that there aren't just as many good people in that group. And for sure, like not having a way for them to first off express their musical talents and stuff or to go see bands that they like in their area. I think it's just really bad. I, but I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here and I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over again. Um, a couple things I did want to hit on cause we're getting a little long winded here. Um, we have 
uh, a new Skid Row Garage page will be coming up on Facebook. Won't just be using my personal Facebook page <laughs> as a person to promote it anymore um, because I, I've gotten some slaps on the wrist lately for that and some some uh, seven-day bans and stuff like that. So um, like and share when you see that. It, it'll be coming in the next couple of days. Hopefully by the time that this is uh, live, you'll see that. Um, we'll have some new merch on the Big Cartel store. Um, all the T-shirts... All three, all three T-shirts and the crop top are available. I think in every size right now. We're getting um, pins, stickers, koozies, um, uh, Skid Row Garage koozies that'll say "Live Music Since 2009" on one side and the Skid Row Garage logo on the other. Um, that'll be there. And um, for anybody that wants to keep supporting us, um, we're going to open a new GoFundMe to help us with all the repairs and stuff because we're looking at probably thirty-five to forty-five thousand dollars in repairs. And right now, my plan is to max out my credit cards um and i know a lot of people have been reaching out about hey when you find a spot i want to help um we're going to be asking for help we're going to be asking for people to come do um manual labor elbow grease like helping us out in a lot of ways but if for the people that want to be able to just say you know here's 10 bucks here's 20 bucks we're going to be having to go fund me live again to actually get this place up and running um basically it comes down to if we can get funding quick quick quickly We'll be up and running quickly, and we'll have a better space for everyone. Um, with a hopefully by the time we, we we get this thing finished, we'll have a capacity a little over two hundred, which is a phenomenal number for That's a good number. Yeah, a touring band in a probably C or D market. Um, right. That that's going to be awesome. That's that's like bands that would play the Lizard Lounge can now come to York and play the Skid Row Garage. Yeah. Um. So. Um, look out for those things. I'll be sharing them on Facebook. Uh, hopefully everybody shares them because um, there was a lot of support the first time. I I, I know there's a lot of, um, what, what is it, charity donation fatigue because uh, there's been a lot of a lot of places that need help, and rightfully so. So if anybody wants to continue helping us, we'll, we'll have that out there. Um, I, 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 I appreciate everything that everybody donated. I mean, when we went to um, the donor for this grant that we're – fingers crossed going to be able to help with um or help to get they were blown away by the fact that we've raised thirty seven thousand dollars from almost 700 donors on the gofundme to be able to purchase this building um and, and just for everyone out there listening that thirty seven thousand dollars went to a down payment closing costs uh purchasing some pa equipment and a lot of legal fees to get naming rights to everything that we're involved with and um, insurance and everything for the building. It has gone a long, long way. And I cannot say thank you enough to everybody. But uh, we're not done yet. And well, that's that's great. And I think it's, I think a lot of people will appreciate that you just laid that out like that, that you told them where their money went. Because a lot of times you send money into those GoFundMes and with a lot of uh, – just you just hope they're doing the right thing with it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I hope I mean, your, I, I, I've heard people say rumors like, "Oh, MC Pearly's just spending the money doing MC things," and I'm like, "Well, <laughs> if if you knew my 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 day off routine right now, you would probably not want it because I'm not joking when I was like dealing with realtors and uh, landlords and this that and the other thing, looking at all these places. Like I was in and out of places more times than I care to admit, and um, also dealing with like the zoning guys and the fire people from the city. Every time I found a spot, we thought was like, this is it. Let's get these people in here and say, yes, no, this is what we can and can't do. It's, it's been, it's been worth it. It's been, it's been a lot of work, but it, it is at today, you know, when I, when I signed 
Uh, it's almost nine o'clock now, six hours ago. We signed all the paperwork. I got the keys right around 3 PM. Um, it was worth it. Um, I've been waiting for this day for six months. Um, I'm motivated. Um, you know, hearing some of the people that, you know, the naysayers that say, Oh, well, this isn't what we want in our area. This is what we need in the city. Well, guess what? <laughs> Tough shit. <laughs> you you, you should have let me have my garage and have my That's- where That's true. No one, was, no, one, no one was bothering anybody. The Lincoln made a bunch of money off of all my friends. And now now you guys, you know, you, you asked for it. Now, you know, we're in a permanent location and we're we're going to do everything the right way and um, fucking deal with it. Well, I'm impressed. And uh, I, thank you, I guess, would be the thing that I would say from from me and from everybody else who's going to be going there. And I know loved the old Skid Row, Skid Row garage and will love the new one. Um, that's a, you, you know, you know, and I know what you were doing community uh, now and later because you've already done it. You've already done it through uh, a generation in, how do I say that? A generation of, you know, like punk rock, hardcore kids, like yeah. the, what, however many years Skid Row garage was, that's, that was, most don't last that long, right? So, oh yeah. If you look back at pictures from the early early days, I one out of twenty of those people are still involved in any way. Right. So you've you've provided it already for one generation, and the fact that you should be able to do it again for another. Because hey, not everybody sticks around. That's fine. But it's great yeah. that they come while they can, and it's great that they have a place that they can go. So thank you for because uh, I, I don't know. It's exciting, and as somebody who grew up in the area. It, I, 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 I just I, I want to say again, thank you to everybody who has supported this for 12, almost 13 years now. And um, this summer, we're going to have one hell of a 13th anniversary show.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 